So today we're just going to answer some questions that people have sent us, some on Patreon and some on Twitter. Okay, Julio. Julio, our friend. Julio from Ashford Pub. Well, asked, my friend, he doesn't like you. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting. Julio asked, what kind of bands did you guys play in before you joined up? Oh, you know what? We recorded a whole episode about that. Yeah. See um, chapter one. Yeah. Uh, Jay Holland asked, what do you look for in truck stops when you're out on tour? <laughs> Jay, that's a loaded question. Let, <laughs> let, let, let me, may, may I take that one? Mm-hmm. Dr. Smalls? Yes, please. Um, Jay Holland is what we call in the business fishing right here. Because uh, Jay has some background on us, most that we don't want anybody to know. So we have to be really delicate and very, very, very precise when we ask, when we, uh, ask or answer questions from Jay Holland, Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> so truck stops. What do we look for in truck stops? Never the coffee. Never the coffee. We have every single truck stop we've ever been in, as far up as the Canadian border to the Florida, to, to Key West. And over to, to L.A. and, um, and to uh, the East Coast, you know, to Florida. And um, every single place we thought you could see through the coffee. If you can see through the coffee, you're drinking dirty water. That's it. <laughs> so what do we look for in a truck stop? That's a good question, Jay Holland from Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, we look for, we usually look for a glittery T-shirt for uh, the beautiful Jill Holland. Uh, and uh, what do we look for? We look for, uh, I, I look for beef jerky to leave in Chad's pillowcase because he's vegan. And uh, I, like, I, look for, uh, I look for cowboy hats. I love cowboy hats. Um, and uh, I like the ones with the headbands in it so you can, you know, you can play tennis. And well, what else do we get? Sunglasses. Sunglasses, they, they, they disappear. Uh, they disappear out of the van. They disappear every, every, everywhere we go. So sunglasses. Yeah. Um, what else? What else we look for, Chad? Bananas? Yeah. All my answers are, are too boring next to these. So I'm not going to contribute anything. Well, to I, can, I, can, I can let well, them. Well, we look for gas prices. They're nice. You know, we don't spend much on gas. And sometimes we have to use the restroom. So No, no, no. We'd never use the restroom. We have bushes. <laughs> All right. Um, yes. So, so, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jay Holland from Omaha, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is from Zach Andrews on Patreon. Hi, Zach. You're on the air. What's your question? Oh, 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 oh. What is the Blackguard's favorite song to play live? <laughs> you get one demerit, Zach, for uh, for the. He says, "I know my daughter is uh, my daughter's favorite song is Galway Girl." Thanks for being such awesome guys, and we can't wait to catch up with you as soon as we can. Oh, Likewise. Zach, thanks for that. Likewise, I'm, man. We all Thank have you. different favorite songs to play. Chad, what's your favorite? My favorite are the ones we just recorded yesterday at BB Gun Studio. We've never played them live, Chad. Yeah, well, yeah, we actually have. Uh, Moonshiner and Second Worst Girlfriend and the new arrangement of Wild Rover that we've been doing for a few months. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And there was a fourth song we recorded, which has not been played live yet, but I am very much looking forward to playing that one live. So, uh, yeah. So, so they're your favorite songs? Yeah, Moonsh- Moonshiner for sure and, and Think Second Worst are my two favorites. Wow. But I do, I, I really I enjoy Wild Rover as well. Because um, they're new. They're the newest ones we have. Yeah, and Wes... Our fiddle player and Mike, our drummer, would be here today. Except they were really they were spooning last night hard, and they're so it's going to be a while before they get up because it's only what one fifteen, one twenty ish in the afternoon on a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sunny afternoon here in Houston, Texas. So Wes's favorite song to play is I'm going to say 
I'm going to say dress you up in my love or actually, no, I, I take that back. I, I know, I know what song Wes likes to play live is the, is Waxy's Dargo. Oh, he likes that one because Brogan is much better half. She lights up when that song comes on. So that's his favorite. And I, I know Mike's favorite song to play is, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, Zach, we're going to get back to you on that one. I think, uh, Mike's favorite song right now is, um, it's the one that we use the drum machine on, uh, so we'll get back to you. I on guess that I one. could text him and ask him. No, oh, he's at work anyway. Hard at work. Yeah, he's sleeping. Thanks for covering, Chad. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Greg Fugate asks, "What was the first place Blackguards played?" That's kind of a tricky question because technically it was Beverly Pub. It's the first place we played, but we didn't really make the official announcement of the new name until our first gig under that name, at Brian O'Neill's, I think. That's, that was the... That sounds right. Yeah. And Brian Young, the owner of Brian O'Neill's, he made us our first banner. Yeah, that's right. Which disappeared. Yeah, um, yeah just recently, too. Yeah. We had it for a long time. Very, very long time. Yeah, so Brian, Brian Young from Brian O'Neill's, we came in one night and we uh, saw the, the banner hanging up on the, what they call the stage, what I call a splinter on the floor. They... Uh, no, was, uh, they, they, he made us a beautiful banner, and uh, we walk in and we looked. And I was like, "What? That's our? What's our? Who? Who's?" Yeah, and uh, quickly realized what he had done. So yeah, yeah, I remember so, walking in and doing a double take. I was like, yeah, well, where'd that come from? Yeah, and he also forgot the the. <laughs> That's right. Laurie Valencia Buell asks, "Oh, merch maiden, will Jin make it on the new album?" Aha! Let me and, answer that one, Chad. Please, please, please. Okay. Hi, Laurie from florida will gin make it on the on the record i'm going to tell you no but but the the instrumental part that we stole uh will make it on there in it so so it, it it's um so we're going to take part of that song and it's going to become a new uh, so it's going to become a, a, an original with a traditional uh with that traditional piece and drowsy maggie it's called so so yes probably drowsy bowsy or something like that something i like that something, uh, well no it's, it's tough. Anyway, so yeah, so it, so it's gonna make a it's gonna make a that song the 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 song Laurie's referring to is actually called "That Woman's Got Me Drinking," and it has uh, it's written by Shane McGowan and uh, Johnny Depp. I think there's somebody else that was involved in that, but anyway, there they uh, there's a, there's a really you should check that out. Check the original out. All right, so now we got a string of questions from our friend John. I'm gonna say Nania. It's pronounced Nania, John. John is also <laughs> from Omaha, Nebraska. And he's got a beautiful wife, Sienna, and two wonderful sons. Uh, Max, who is going to be a chef, by the way. And Ian, who is uh, he's my, uh, one of my favorite humans in the whole world. So uh, I say that because we're also doing a house concert in Omaha, Nebraska, at their house this July. Yeah. Actually, I can pull up the date right now. Let's pull up the date, Chad. July 14th, Sunday. July 14th. Sunday, Sunday July 14th. Mm-hmm. House concert. This is our... That was... Maybe one of my favorite gigs ever was playing in the basement of John's house, John and Sienna's house in Omaha, Nebraska. So John claims that it's John Nania. His last name is pronounced Nania because he's Italian. (laughs) Because he's Italian, he can't really read. (laughs) So I'm going to say Nania because I'm just arrogant and ignorant. But uh, he he called me up and he asked if we would be interested in doing a house concert. I'd never heard of them before. And he explained what it was. And basically, they invite a bunch of people 
and they all show up in the living room or do it outside or do whatever. And we had, I'm going to say 30 or 40 people downstairs in his basement on our good friend, Jay Holland. We talked about this. Jay Holland did the, went and rented a ton of chairs and we, oh yeah, that's right. We did two sets. We did an acoustic set to start and then we switched over and did an electric set and Drums were down there, bass rig, guitar rig, and just and we just absolutely had a ball. And the people could not have been just more fun, more engaging, more just gracious. We yeah. just had a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, it was really great. So anyway, John asks. We haven't even gotten to his first question yet. That's all right. <laughs> he, just yesterday, he asked me, when, uh, when are we going to see this new record coming out? Oh, good question, John. Next. <laughs> As fast as we can, we're working at a place called BB Gun Studios here in Houston, uh, right across from our favorite live venue here in Houston is a Continental Club. And um, we've, we've got four tracks down as of yesterday, and uh, we still have to put vocals in. So as quickly as we can, we're, 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 we were hoping to have one done by the end of the year last year, and just we just we absolutely got bombarded. So it's been pushed back. We're, we're doing it now, and our friend Paul that owns the studio is is just been so accommodating with the times so we're pretty happy with the way with the speed that we're able to get them done so yeah it should should be pretty quick yesterday was very productive okay john also asks i'd love to hear your spinal tap moments oh this was a tough one i was trying to think of this earlier and i i'm you know we haven't had any drummers exploding at least not literally it's just it's it's very difficult to put this it's it's difficult for me to shine a light on some of this because I don't want to embarrass. I do want to embarrass people. I want to embarrass, and I want to be embarrassed. But I, I just think it would be extremely embarrassing to the parties involved. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as far as just standard moments would be, you call up a pub, you book the show. You know, all right, yeah, we'll come in at three o'clock and we'll set you up and we'll do this and hey, don't bring it. And we have everything. And we show up and there's nothing in the club. And he goes, no, there's a microphone over there. I said, well, what do you plug the mic into? Oh, jeez, I don't know. <laughs> you know, so you, so you show up, you know, the, you know, luckily we travel with our gear, but we've, we've shown up to places before, and in the interest of a little bit more space, you know, you leave your mic stands, you leave this, you, need, you know, because you're told it's everything is, and there's nothing there. Yeah. And the last time we did that was up in Dallas, and uh, a friend of ours who we've known for a long time, he uh, went out and bought three mic stands yes thank you justin brought them to the brought them to the show wouldn't take any money for it wouldn't let it wouldn't take them back wouldn't you know wouldn't keep the mic stands we just gave them to it. no don't worry about it yeah so we're just, just disappeared we're, like batman after that yeah we're indebted yeah you, you need you need specifics when you when you when you when they say there's a pa because your idea of a pa and their idea of pa is completely different you're going to want to make sure that it's not a you know a little uh you know 100 watt pv mixer with you know a, one speaker on a stand you know you're you're yeah, we we I, that's likely. another that's another moment we had in in Ireland. We were we doing our tour of Ireland, and uh, we showed up at the place, and uh, we were we were just we were guaranteed everything was going to be there. Nothing was there. I mean, nothing, not a microphone, nothing. And we threw the stuff together, and uh, my brother got got a friend of his to come in. He has he had a very small PA, the aforementioned hundred watt PV with two channels, and and uh, I guess we played for the first three people in the in the room and the rest of the rest of the building had no idea there was a band it was just it was packed to the gills and you couldn't hear a thing it was just an absolute nightmare yeah so uh yeah so we've had moments many many moments like that where you where you just try to do your best and monitors were about the size of a yeah uh, 
you know, the half dollar or something, you know, <laughs> it was just, yeah. Oh gosh, well, that's your... happened so many times. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking too, if, if in, in Ireland where two shows in a row, we didn't have any symbols. Yes. Totally. yes. <laughs> well, it happened first in Cork. Yes. And, uh, we, I don't know how, <laughs> there was some other band that the, the club owners had arranged, uh, to leave us their gear. And we got there and there was a kit and th- I think it was one. Of the, was it the owner or the the bartender came over? And said, I don't know why he didn't leave the symbols. He just he didn't want to leave them. He didn't I, want anybody playing his. I think maybe he thought that we were traveling with our some of our own stuff. I don't know. So we had to play that entire show with no symbols, which was Mike. Mike was very inventive on on that one. And then the next the next one that happened again, which seems really highly unlikely in the same tour, but two a couple nights later in Galway. <laughs> Uh, we rented gear from a really great guy named Aiden who drove like an hour to meet us in Galway from, I forget where he lived. And it wasn't until we got into the, the pub that I realized, and he was already gone, I realized well, there's no symbols. <laughs> so I, I called him, was like, and he's like, oh no, I'm on my way. He'd already gotten all the way back to his, to, his, to his home, and so I had to drive all the way back. So it was right in the middle of the, it was like maybe 30, 40 minutes into the show, he shows up. And uh, puts the symbols on Mike's kit as he's playing, <laughs> and the audience was cheering. Though it was actually the first symbol, the first symbol. The yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. So, oh yeah, best and worst gig. John also asked this question. Well, best is definitely the the house concert because we're going to be back there. Yes, that's right. On July fourteenth. Seriously, I mean, it was one of the most most fun shows, um, and there's way too many gigs in number one in the one slot because they're so different we've had you know festival sets where it's just just you just can't play a wrong note you just can't you know everything goes right and the crowd's completely you know receptive and um but i love to watch the the audience's first reaction when we play what we play because it is exactly not what they thought we were going to sound like you know, so so any time that I get to see that, that's that's a favorite moment of mine. Uh, so, what do you think about worst gig? Oh, one of the worst gigs was we did a festival up in. Uh, so you think of the Illinois tour? Uh, Illinois, Aurora, yeah, yeah, Aurora, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yes, Illinois. Yeah. And so we walk out on stage. We had a friend of ours, Brendan Lowry, introduce us, and we walk out on the stage, and just it was going to be one of those just dream gigs. Absolute dream gigs. And we walked out there. The crowd was into it. We were just, ha- you know, just they started off the first song. And we're kick drum going and it's just ringing out. Everything is going perfectly. Well, then the amp shuts down. My guitar amp shuts down. And all the sound guys and all the backstage guys and all the stage help, everything, everything all just disappeared. It was like a, it was like, it was like a movie. Just turned into a ghost town. And uh, mm-hmm. so the guitar amp, craps out now you're on tour you're in a van you don't have a backup amp and you you know so we messed with it for a little bit and also keep in mind too we had the crowd in the palm of the hand ready to go they're just ready for uh all the bands that had been on before us were fantastic and we were the headliner and just couldn't have been it couldn't have been going more smoothly amp craps out and well luckily had an acoustic guitar in the van but we played the whole show on acoustic guitar and uh, the rest of the band was electric and it was just a nightmare. I mean, yeah, it's just, just, you know, because there's, there's, you can't solo on a, an acoustic guitar in that setting. You can't, you know, so the, 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 so the, 
the lyrics always change anyway when we're in a, a PG-13 situation. So now you're taking the lyrics out and you're, you're playing on an acoustic guitar on top of that. So yeah. it's just, it was just, it was absolutely going to be one of the best gigs and turned into that one absolutely worse, yeah. quickly. I was going to say Yonkers. Remember that one, right? <laughs> I don't even remember the name of the pub. And yeah, it was called just, Come Kill Me. <laughs> it was really weird. It was, like, it was like a scene out of the Twilight Zone. It, it was a very strange situation where it was just clear that the, the pub and the clientele just did not want any band to be there, let alone us. Uh, and they, we played a whole show, and it was like playing to the walls. Well, I, I disagree with the, the, the people were dancing. That's right. They were into it. They but were it was dancing, like, and they were into it, and they were requesting songs. However. Yeah, they, there was no applause. No, I, no, uh, would not, every single song was just, just as if we were not there, like we're basically a jukebox. And <laughs> I remember, too, when we walked in, when I, I walked in asking which door to load in to, the bartender was just like, oh, another band, you know, just didn't want to deal with us being there but yeah no no applause and there was a couple of times after a song there'd be because the pub was actually there was actually a lot of people there which made it even stranger that they're all sort of <laughs> together you know collectively ignoring the band and uh some people would come in and they they and they just realize that nobody else is clapping and they stop and that that was just absolutely exhausting i mean whenever whenever you play a show uh the the audience has this power to kind of give the energy back to you. And sometimes, uh, and it's rare this has happened to us, but sometimes they just don't give it back. And those shows get to be just excruciatingly uh, difficult to play because our job is to put on a show no matter what's happening out there, what, no matter what the circumstances, even if it's as bad as the, the technical problems that we had at that festival that Patrick was just mentioning. So we had to put on the same show, but when, when, without, when the audience is participating in the performance, it's easy. When they're just sort of not there or not really you know, participating, it, it's, just, it's just torture. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, and again, just to reiterate, the dance floor was absolutely packed, and they were not hating the song. They knew that the, the, they loved what we were playing. And then the guy that, our, a good friend of ours, Porig Allen's in a phenomenal band up there, Call McLean Avenue. Um, Porig, uh, I'd called him up and I'd said, uh, "Hey, we're coming through." Blah blah blah. You gotta get. And he's always, always, always giving me leads for shows. He's been just a just a, a treasure. He used to play with our friends uh, Derek Warfield and the Young Wolf Tones. By the way, oh, you dropped another name. Um, he uh, so he he was the one that got us the gig, and uh, and I called him afterwards. I'd called him, you know, when we got home. And I told him what had happened. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. He goes, that's just Yonkers. They don't clap. And I don't even mind. I personally don't mind if, if, if the audience doesn't clap. But I would prefer that you can't just turn your back to us mm -hmm. and not, you know, you know, not engage at all. But they were, in, I mean, people were, people were uh, requesting songs and we'd play them. And, you know, they'd give us the nod. But there was, you know, like you said, the, the people that clapped were... They weren't frowned upon, or, or, or to put, but you just feel out of place being right, the yeah. only one, you know. And, and you, you know that was a that was a nightmarish gig. Yeah, that was just yeah, it was just weird. It was yeah. just really strange. It was like, I mean, like I said, it was like a Twilight Zone episode where we just things just weren't normal. <laughs> yeah, and and, and then, then then on that on that point as well too. There's another show just like that in uh, Oklahoma, and uh, oh yeah, we played. We we had walked into the place, and it was a it's a place that's closed now. 
And uh, we went in and it was a Sunday afternoon. There was a, some, some big football game on. Of course, we come in. Where's the stage? Right by the big screen. Um, so we had to load in behind the big screen TV, or the pull-down big screen TV. And uh, the staff did not want us there. They did not want any band on a Sunday. They didn't want blah, blah, blah. So we're, you know, we're at the end of a tour. We're on our way home. We could give a damn. You know, we just, we just want to, yeah. you know, we just want to get the, you know, we, we we played the show and we actually had people come out uh, to see us, people that we knew. And it was a brilliant, you know, it was a decent showing as far as, you know, a place we'd never played before and, and uh, you know, interrupting the game. So, uh Mm. so yeah so and then as soon as our people left it just became a nightmare and it was it was yeah. another one of those situations where you know maybe if we turn our backs to them it'll you know yeah. it's just an awful you know again so so many many nightmare gigs like that but again uh even the yonkers gig we met people down the road that had been there and they you know okay yeah, they, so, 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 yeah. so there's never there's never a gig unless you're unless you're a shower of wankers there's never going to be a gig where you don't leave with something out of it, you right, know, with, with right. some kind of positive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also got to give credit to those, those folks you mentioned at, at that Oklahoma gig for sticking around. Yeah. <laughs> Not only were they there in the first place, but we had to wait however long it was before the game was over, yeah. before we actually played and they were just patiently waiting. Yes. You know? So anyway, I think that might be all we have. No more questions. I've run out of questions. Well, that was tremendous. Hopefully you're all going to go to the website and check out our Ireland tour. We have, we're doing it all different this year. And uh, what else? We're going to have a new record coming out. We're going to be in Vegas in uh, June for the Celtic Supporters uh, Convention. We're going, to be in, uh, we're going to be back in Western Missouri. We're going to be back in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, baby. Yeah. And uh, yeah, check out, you know, just go, go to the website. See all the good work Chad's done. And uh, don't forget to... Uh, you know, to write to him and tell him, tell him you love him. Because we don't. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>